Hello and welcome to episode 96 of the Game Train Podcast. I'm Callan Davison and joining me is Carl the Lyrical Smith. Hello, Carl. Hello. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you for being here. And that's right, guys. we are come to that stage of the year where it is the 2020 Game of the Year episode. That's right. The big one where we look at, back at everything from this year, go through a bunch of categories, tell you what we think, what we choose in each category and why. And then we argue against each other <laughs> as we go along. But yes, uh, we are uh, broadcasting this live on Twitch on the 17th of December, 2020, live on Twitch. Uh, we're doing this. We've got the chat hanging out with us as well. They're going to drop in their lame love and hype trains later on for us. Plus, we're going to have our own lame, uh, lame love and hype trains of 2020. But before all that, we're going to go through all the awards. So anything you want to say before we start? No, man, let's do it. Let's jump in. Jump in. All right, let's kick this off, guys. We've got no fanfare. We've got no music. We've got none of that. We're just going to kick straight into this. We've got a shitload of categories to go through. So let's kick it off with the first category uh, is Best Indie. And the nominees for Best Indie are Hades, Fall Guys, Spiritfarer, Moving Out, and Spelunky 2. So, Carl, tell us about your indies this year. Oh man, all of these. It was actually a really good year for indies, hey. Uh, Every year's um, a good year for indies. Yeah, they really they really shine. Indies just keep getting stronger and stronger. Um it's a pretty it's a pretty standout one for me here, but uh I had a really great time with all of these except Spelunky too. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> nutties. <laughs> Spelunky is just too hard. <laughs> um Having said that, yeah. What? How about you? What did you? What did you choose? Hades, easy. Oh yeah, yeah. Easy peasy. Yeah, look, I gave it a ten in our review. Yeah, remember? look, for for me, I I think there was one standout here, even though it was a strong category. I think I think they're all worthy, except for Spelunky too. Um, but I think I think Hades is easily the winner here, while Spelunky two is the biggest loser here. Um, but yeah, you know. Um, you know, honorable mention to Moving Out, which was made by Aussies. Again, another great Aussie indie game. It was great to see. But I think Hades that just... That was fantastic. Hades is just an amazing indie title. Like, I think it's it's right up there. Um, yeah. It's you one know, of those ones that, even though it's an indie, you'll be seeing that name pop up a lot in oh, today's of, con- oh, of conversation. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's a great indie. It looks great. It plays great. Uh, there's a lot of content there, a lot of content in Haiti. So it was a fantastic one, and it deserves best indie title by far. Yes. All definitely. right. On to the next category, guys. Best story. So for best story, we've got Final Fantasy VII Remake, The Last of Us Part Two, Hades, Ghosts of Tsushima, and Miles Morales Spider-Man. Whew. This is this is one of those ones that's like scary to say, isn't it? Yeah, I know. It, I mean, it's clearly Last of Us Part Two for me by a long shot. So sorry, internet, but that that story was like so awesome to play through, and there were so many feelings that that I'm not used to feeling, which is why it's the best story and narrative for me. It wasn't just like, oh, that was cool, or wow, that was sad. It was like I felt angry at it, and then I felt confused, and then I understood, and then you know, it made me like ask questions and. It made me see things through ways that I, not just like, oh, see a story through different eyes, see it through eyes that I don't want to. I was like, I don't want this. I'm not choosing this. This is not what I want. And then they make you do it anyway. 
-hmm. and you're forced into seeing this style of storytelling which i just it was so fresh to me um and it was like controversial sure but like it was something i hadn't experienced and i felt a lot while playing it which i feel is really rare rare in any medium but yeah uh, yes. definitely last of us part two what about you good sir uh, i went with final fantasy 7 remake what's so funny Callan? because <laughs> you're gonna call me out on it i'm waiting for you i'm waiting oh, for it die no, no, that's okay. So you went for the last third of Final Fantasy VII. No, piss off. It's an amazing story. <laughs> it is an amazing story. It is. No, what they what they did with this is they took a three-hour game and they turned it into a 35-hour game. Like They expanded on the story in all ways possible in terms of the growth of the characters, the interactions with the characters. They changed mm. up the story from the original as well, which kept you guessing at the end of the game. There was a few twists and turns that I never saw coming. But I love the Final Fantasy VII story. I, it's, it's oh, the, yeah, it's, it's a great story. It's the best. Did you ever finish it? No, never. Oh, cool. Ask DJ. All right, cool. How's the first chapter of it? <laughs> anyway, um, but it's it's an amazing story. Um, I, I just love everything about it. I thought it was just um, just really, really awesome, you know, simple three-act structure in it. Even though it was, it was a three-act structure... In the act, in the first act of the original game, if that makes sense, because this only goes up to the end of Midgar, which was technically act, yeah. act one of the game. So they've turned Act One into a three-act structure here, which was quite clever on how they did it, how you know how it ended and all that sort of stuff. But um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's um, yeah, I thought it was an amazing game, and um, yeah, it definitely deserves best story for me. Nice. Okay. Um, yeah. That makes sense. Those those are some very good points. And uh, I, I was impressed that they changed stuff up there. You know, like I didn't think they'd do that. It was already an impressive looking remake. Mm -hmm. uh, but the fact that they went above and beyond and actually changed the story yep. is pretty impressive. Like it's a big, it's a bold move, mm -hmm. especially with the game with as much sort of fanfare as that one. So yep. that in itself is impressive. Okay. On to the next category, everyone, which is best RPG. So for best RPG, we had Final Fantasy VII Remake, Genshin Impact, Yakuza Like a Dragon, Paper Mario and the Origami King, and Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, with an honorable mention to Persona 5 Royale, which we played two years ago, or three years ago, yes. but we both never played Royale, but we know it would be awesome anyway, but we didn't play it, so it can't go into our list. Yeah, and we, we loved persona 5 like that was an excellent game so it's like worth mentioning that that is a game that came out this year unfortunately we just can't uh talk about it personally with the uh, royal version that's right so carl what was your best rpg this year uh final fantasy 7 remake of all two chapters you did yeah you want to talk about how many chapters i did in all the games of every category uh all no, night, no, or... no 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 i was just wondering so why why was it your best okay, rpg i can do other why, things. why was it your best rpg this year i can i can just play some music instead of record podcasts so <laughs> i'm doing the best i can um because because it looked beautiful um I, I never really played much of um the first one i only ever really did the first like midgar section but I've been sort of living in that world of Final Fantasy as we live, you know, as, as we grow up and we see like uh, Advent Children come out and saw that and just see, you know, you see all the characters and when you go to Japan and you, you visit all the different places and you see how much impact it has on popular culture. Um, so it was really fascinating to see that grow into finally 
culminate into finally the remake that fans of Final Fantasy VII wanted, which is just that same one. Mm -hmm. And I haven't played much of that, which is um, the same amount as I played in the first one. So the amount of times I've seen that bloody starting part with the train, and then you're climbing that tower and you fight the spider. It's iconic as fuck, mate. Exactly, but that's what I mean. So that's what I got to re-experience with the remake. So I didn't play a lot of any of these RPGs, but with that one is the one I got, got to clearly enjoy that difference and the upgrade and um, just doing that fighting system, how it felt like a big mix of the old mm-hmm. turn-based battles and Final Fantasy 15, yep. which is a beautiful game that I finished, DJ. Um, yeah, so that was my favorite RPG of the year. What about yours? Uh, mine was really easily uh, easy to choose here, which was Final Fantasy VII Remake, of course. Pretty much nice. what, what you said, you know, everything about it came together so well. Like, you know, a couple of years ago, seeing it for the first time, I was like, ooh, how's this going to translate? Even the battle system, I was like, ooh, how's this going to translate across, you know? But what they came out with was just an amazing experience for people to jump into Final Fantasy VII for the first time. Still, you know, as I said before, taking that first area of Midgar, turning it into a fully fleshed game, but making that fully into a full RPG experience. Like, you know, you level up to 30-odd or whatever in that, um, you know... Um, there's all different abilities, summons and all that. Like these are all like, you didn't get summons in the original Midgar and, and all this. So they added all that in. The combat was amazing. Um, it looks great. It's stylish. Of course, the voice acting was really good too. Voice acting Final Fantasy seven characters was awesome. So yes, mm. uh, Final Fantasy seven best RPG. Okay. On to the best multiplayer experience for this year. Nice. So, best multiplayer experiences for us are Among Us, Fall Guys, <laughs> uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater Remake, Animal Crossing, yes. Tetris Effect Connected, and Ghosts of Tsushima Legends. Man, this was a great year for multiplayer, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Now that... Among Us is the one that speaks to me immediately because, you know, that brought our whole community together. Mm-hmm. It's just a tricky one because, you know, we've been all dealing with this in, like world over is the fact that it came out in 2018, but it really came out at 2020 for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's such a weird one because like it's not it's not a 2020 game, but no one even looked at it or touched it. Or if you even asked me what it was, you know, in 2019, even I would have no idea. Yeah. So that's a really tricky one because that is as best multiplayer experiences go, that is far and beyond the winner in this list. Mm -hmm. You know? But if I had to choose one that actually physically came out this year, I'd personally go with Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Okay. Yep. Fair call. I've gone with Among Us here as well. I think it's multiplayer only and we've spent 50 to 70 hours just in the multiplayer alone, which is huge. Um, Yeah. I haven't spent that much in a multiplayer game in a long time. Um, so I went with Among Us with a special shout out to Tony Hawk. And uh, that's a very, yep. very close second. Without Among Us, Tony Hawk just absolutely smashes it in. And also Animal Crossing, surprisingly. We had a lot of fun yes. with that. Uh, visiting each other's islands. We set up swap meets um, and all that, which was so much fun. Just swapping items and all that. Visiting each other's islands, trading, um, bringing people yeah. in when you had cheat, um, like the turnips going for good prices so people could sell the turnips all, all that was so had, much fun there was so Animal much Crossing fun was a was a different experience in multiplayer like it was really beautiful in a different way like it wasn't fast or tense or i i went to like multiple legit dates 
with my girlfriend in Animal Crossing and spent hours together, like, you know, like walking around and yeah. doing chores. You and- were so late to Animal Crossing. We'd already dropped our 200 hours in and moved on. And then we okay, see a Dad. screenshot one day. Oh, hey guys, I'm doing Animal Crossing. We're like, we're, we're, we're done, dude. Have you met me? <laughs> Which game am I not late on? Uh, I don't know. I'm looking forward to you saying Final Fantasy VII remakes your most favorite RPG ever next year. Um, all right. On to- nice. It's so nice being here. Thank you. I know. On to best, gra- <laughs> on to best graphics. Okay. So right. best graphics. We have The Last of Us Part Two, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Demon's Souls, Assassin's Creed Valhalla and Microsoft Flight Simulator. Yes. Man, that's a lot of games with beautiful graphics. Like, all of these games are stunning in different ways. Mm-hmm. But uh, for me, far and beyond, it was Microsoft Flight Simulator. I haven't seen a game that beautiful and realistic in just, a, like, like graphics-wise. You know, it's just like photoreal and gorgeous that game was just stunning the aircrafts themselves and just the skybox and the lighting and the weather effects it's and just seeing all different parts of the world in in different situations and changing the weather on the fly to see what that city would look like or that country would look like and Mm -hmm. it was stunning i i definitely think this year but for many years that this is uh microsoft flight simulator was definitely one of the best graphics i've seen I went and with the uh, the Last of Us Part Two here. Nice, good I, choice. I yep. thought the the graphics in that were just incredible. Um, the character yeah. designs, just how real everything looked. Well, I know you're just you're talking about flights, in, but it's landscapes and a plane and a plane. Where's the hu- mm. where's the human emotion? The faces, girl. The hard graphics to do. Nah, but I'll le- I'll, I'll leave you learning. No, but everything from just. Um, Everything was just so detailed in The Last of Us Part Two, um, even down to the grass. I- even down to the grass, I was like amazed I- at how the grass looked. You know, I took over two hundred and fifty screenshots. Trust me, I know I can show you how beautiful that game is. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm right with you. Yeah, I went Last of Us Part Two. I just thought it was um, an absolutely breathtaking looking game. Yes, um, definitely. Yeah, best easily best thing for me personally this year in terms of of looks. Yeah, Naughty Dog just have a way with graphics and especially the human, like, yeah. expre- not just human expressions, just expressions oh. in general, oh, you know, but, even with, like, But you, you, you look at it compared stuff. to, like, something like Cyberpunk and the human expressions just destroy it, you know? Oh, everything, not even just that, like, Assassin's Creed, mm-hmm. even Star Wars, you know, like, all of those, Ghost of Tsushima, and, um, you know, something like Yakuza, where that game is actually quite beautiful, but... People in it is is its weakness. People, it's people like, look fine in Yakuza, Carl. I don't know where you're getting the Lego people from, but oh no, Lego, no, 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 more like pop, like um, Team America. No, no, no. it doesn't <laughs> yeah. look anything yeah. like Team America. It looks like side by side no, it Team America. It's like if it I held an not. apple in this hand, and then I held an identical same apple in this hand, that's like Team America and Yakuza. That's that's them right there. It looks like I'm playing with boobs. I'm gonna stop that now. No, it's not. It's, no, it's not freaking Lego people, Team America. And if you want to talk about grass, what about Ghost of Tsushima grass? Now that's some grass. I still reckon Last of Us Part Two's grass was better. 
Yeah, but they didn't have like 10,000 fields and fields and fields of it. That's true. And the, the way Ghosts of Tsushima's Grass moved with the wind and the way the light hit it as the moon went over. Yeah. I, you know, maybe you didn't take enough um, the screenshots in that. We should have done best photo mode just for me. But yeah, when you did a screenshot and you could actually change the wind as you watched it all paused and yeah. then change where the light hits. Yeah. Pretty special. Um, so next up, we've got best art style, Kyle. So this is nice. different to best graphics. This is the best, like, look game, how games can have certain looks, etc. to them. So best art style, we've got Hades, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, The Pathless, and Spirit Fera. Mmm. All gorgeous. This is a really tricky one to uh, judge because art style is... I mean, all of this is very strongly opinion-based, mm -hmm. but art especially is just, like, comes to taste and... Anyone could think any of these is the best for so many reasons. So, uh, person like, oh man, they, I'd have so much to say about all of them, all stunning. But I personally went with Hades, uh, just because I just I really love what they did with that world, that Greek mythology world, and how they changed kind of what the characters look like and how you know you're you kind of still live in a house, like a, you know, like you're a teenager, but you're in this like big sort of like extravagant version of living in a home with with your family and Hades, your dad works at, at a desk. There's, and all the characters that pop up when you see them all have these beautiful designs. Now they're not animated or anything like that. They're just kind of like, you know, still images, but it's all gorgeous and they change just like any um, visual novel. They kind of change expression and whatnot, but just like everything, the, the monsters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just, I think the art style in Hades was really gorgeous. It had like a really rich color palette um, yeah, Hades okay. for me. For fair, fair enough. I went with Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Yeah, um, nice. I, I love the Ori art style. I loved it in the first one. I loved it in this one. Um, yeah. Uh, the forest, etc. It just looks so amazing. The the creatures, like the big frog creature, and that looks all amazing. Ori himself looks the world incredible. Is very it's pretty. just such a pretty world. It's it's such got a really cool look and art style to it. Um, yeah, I had to go Ori here. I just think it looks absolutely incredible. And have I, you I got love to play time. the um, series S enhanced no, version of it? Not yet? yet. Not yet. The one that goes at one twenty frames. Yeah, or even like I haven't jumped in mine either. Like, um, it's it's apparently just better again, like beautiful. But yeah, I haven't had a chance to do one twenty. I don't have a TV that does it yet, but I'm very excited to see that. Okay, next up we've got best gameplay. That's right, best gameplay. Game next up is best game play like gameplay <laughs> gameplay all right so best gameplay and the nominees are ghost of tsushima hades miles morales spider-man tetris effect connected and tony hawk remake nice now to um reiterate like what we were talking about earlier before we got on to us uh, the gameplay is is a tricky one because like all these games are awesome for different reasons but gameplay is just like how it feels straight away that feedback player to game feedback when you you jump in for like two minutes mm -hmm. one minute even and you can already straight away tell what a game feels like um so uh, this was a tricky one but uh, i had to go with tony hawk like tony hawk one and two no it's, it's just no, it's... how it feels as gameplay as because especially because they already tried to do this and didn't nail it when they they did tony hawk pro skater hd or something and they, they mixed part one and two together yeah several years ago and it was just off the mark and it was not fun. And we know as Tony Hawk fans what we want to feel. It doesn't feel exactly like the old one, 
but there's yeah. a way that it should feel today. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't quite right. And then they did it. They tried again and made Tony Hawk five and that was worse and it was terrible. So we knew there was something missing. And then this came out and immediately, as soon as you had a, your first go in the warehouse, like you just knew it was like, love at first play. You know, like you're like, oh. this, is, this is what I've been waiting for. This oh, is Tony oh, Hawk. I want to change my like, choice now. You just convinced me. <laughs> just, did I? <laughs> I just, I loved it, man. The gameplay, like it just felt like, uh, it wasn't just like, oh, this is what I remember. Cause it's different, but it's, they just nailed it how it should feel today. Um, I, so what's yours? I went with Ghosts of Tsushima. Okay. Okay. Nice. What was the, uh, how did you feel about that one? No, really good. So the combat felt great. I loved the stance style of playing it. I thought they did it really well. Mm -hmm. Now, I've seen stance dancing in other games like um, Neo, which I still don't know. Hey, do a kickflip! <laughs> Alistair, thank you so much for the uh, subscription there, buddy. <laughs> Sorry about that, folks listening at home later on. I thought I had all those turned off, but they weren't, and it just came through my headphones. But thank you so much for that, Alistair, AU, for the subscription. All right. Um, yeah, the stance dancing combat was great. Like, Neo had it as well but I didn't understand how it worked. Other games have tried it as well. Confusing results. I thought they nailed it on this and it, it enhanced the combat heaps, made it really fun. Plus, um, also on top of that um, is the self-combat, which was super fun to play as well. Plus the gameplay of following the wind to your destination was a new thing in a game as well. I thought that was really well yes. done rather than just normal checkpoints, etc. So the wind I, was really so GPS. Yeah. So everything in terms of like the gameplay styles, the uh, exp exploration, the the combat and the stealth, I thought they all mixed really well together. Um, and that's why yeah. I went with best gameplay on Ghost of Tsushima. I will I will add also to your one that um, the DLC that they added in with the multiplayer after that only added even more great gameplay in the multiplayer. Mm -hmm. and, uh, it's actually a lot of fun, a lot of beautiful modes in there. But um, yeah, so I see your point. Yeah, okay, I can get behind that. Yeah. Yeah, so um, next up, we have best action game, which is Star Wars Squadrons, Doom Eternal, Demon Souls, Streets of Rage 4, Ori, and Hades. Hmm. All right, Carl, what'd you go for best action game? I'm getting sick of it, but Hades. Hades again. It, it was just, that game was so fluid. And straight away, it's like you're you're in, and how it, I mean, it was just brilliant. All, all your uh, moves that you unlock really mixed together really well in in such a different way each time, but very fluidly. Like it's not forced. It's not like, you know, this power up doesn't quite work as well as that one, or everything just works. And the enemies, like the screen fills up full of enemies. It never slows down. It's always this like buttery experience. Mm -hmm. uh, that game just doesn't stop in in the in a good way. You know, like yeah. Like Doom Eternal, but except for I was having fun the whole time. Fair enough. How, do, how about you? I went Demon Souls on this one. Nice, okay. It's just nice to play a Souls-like game again. It felt so nice. Um, yeah. it, it, it was really good. Like, there's some things I don't agree with. Like, I don't like it how it's not like an open world like the other ones are, etc. Like, in terms of, like, interconnected world. Like, all the areas are separate sort of thing. But in terms of, like, the uh... gameplay and all that, it's so good. It's so satisfying. Uh, it feels so good when you drop a hard boss. Um, I just really enjoyed how the game feels and, and runs. And um, out of the ones that I think that was my most favorite sort of action title um, for me, yep. for sure. Yep. 
Nice. Um, next up, we've got best action slash adventure games. This is more of our open worldy type games here. And uh, the nominees are Watch Dogs, Assassin's Creed, Immortals Phoenix, Spider-Man. Do we leave Ghost of Tsushima out there? We did, didn't we? Whoops. Let's just sneak that in. Whoopsie. And, and, and Ghost of Tsushima, everyone. And Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> and right. Ghost of Tsushima. All right, Carl, what was your best action-adventure game? That's really weird that we left that I out. I know. I feel so weird because it's been in, like, oh, every no. other category. I know. I know. And it's actually... Ugh, I don't know it now. It would be like leaving be Hades out of best roguelike game. <laughs> I know. I think it might be Ghost of Tsushima after all that. I know. It was so I good that we forgot. I think it, it might be. be. Okay, what did you have before we is. added it in? Before, so, and this is why I think it's Ghost of Tsushima, because before I had it re-added in, um, it was Assassin's Creed Valhalla for me for best action adventure. And that's because it, it felt good. The world was awesome. I loved yep. the characters, but very much because it felt like right and familiar and felt at home. Whereas Ghost is like, it felt all those things but fresh at the same time mm-hmm. and peaceful. It did something different. You know, it was not always something to do. It was more like appreciating the world. It was this real beautiful piece of art. I can't believe we left that out. I think it's Ghost of Tsushima. I, yeah, look, I had Assassin's Creed there, but as soon as I realized I left Ghost of Tsushima out, Ghost of Tsushima takes, as I said, the combat's great. The world's ah. great to explore. Uh, it's got a cool story. You know, best action adventure. Yeah. Um, so but, we had the same yeah, exact yeah, everything. Yeah. Even though I love Valhalla, it was, Valhalla was too bloated. Ghost wasn't. And that's why Ghost, yeah, Ghost, Ghost, that's why Ghost wins it. Like, Ghost, Which is funny because Ghost is so empty, but it doesn't feel it. It doesn't, it feel, like, it doesn't feel empty at all. And you can put no. you, you 100% at platinum in like 40 hours or whatever. While Assassin's Creed, you're over 100 plus hours. So, yeah. You know, there's, there's a big example of bloated, bloatedness across each other. Okay, best platformer. We've got Crash Bandicoot 4, Astro's Playroom, Super Mario 3D All-Stars Remaster, Ori, and Spelunky 2. How did Spelunky 2 get in there? I don't know. It must have broken somehow. I'm sure we locked all the doors. Yeah. It yeah. always finds a way, and it was probably creepy in the cupboard. Like, yeah. I'm still here. Yeah. Get out of town. <laughs> uh, Hades isn't a platformer, DJ. No, no, not quite. <laughs> um, you go first this time. What did you think? Uh, I went with Ori. I think it's an amazing nice. platformer. I, I loved the original Ori. I loved the second Ori as well, even though it didn't really change too much, etc. But yeah. it still feels like such a great game. It, it runs yeah. so smooth. It's so satisfying. Um, and it's one of those quick restarts when you die, you pop back there. Etc. You, you know what you know what I mean. Um, yeah. It, it just feels so damn good. It's so, it's such a great platformer. Uh, everything about it just feels so nice and um, precise, etc. So yeah, I went with yeah. Ori. What did you go with? Ori's beautiful. I'm pretty sure you know what mine is, but I went with Crash Bandicoot Four. Ah uh, yes. I just I fell head over heels in love with that for almost all the same reasons as Tony Hawk because that one's a funny one. It's a brand new game, but it feels like they nailed a remake yeah mm-hmm. you know but it isn't it's all new it's a, it's a continuation but it's like in the vein of the first three crash bandicoot games they're not trying anything weird and different they just like did that and did it beautifully in the way of doing like unlocks and replaying through levels and i had so much fun playing through like a you know a five minute level for like four hours mm-hmm. because you have to find everything and then you do the speed run and then you play it slightly differently and then 
like you know you find just the special gems or you do a no box run and all these little special little unlocks and, and just how it feels again it, they just like they really nailed that and i had so much fun as a platformer mm -hmm. it just it was perfect yeah yeah yep nice uh next up we've got best soundtrack so best oh, soundtrack goes the nominations are final fantasy 7 remake doom eternal tony hawk pro skater miles morales spider-man tetris effect or in the will of the wisps oh man this one's a tricky one this one's this one's really hard ah wow yes mm. these are all awesome but i think i have to go with orion the will of the wisps for this one for best soundtrack um again they are all so awesome and i love tetris effect but you know i think i i might have even given that best soundtrack last year um and it hasn't really changed. It's still amazing. And it's mm. the way that the music works in that game is incredible that you can like control it with your movements. Uh, Doom was excellent. Um, Miles Morales, just brilliant as well with that hip hop flavor and everything. And Tony Hawk is legendary, mm. but none of them made me like feel the way that Ori and the Will of the Wisp did as well as how the first Ori did. Like that soundtrack is just something else. That is like cinematic beauty. What did you go with? Uh, I'd like to first up give shout outs to the Tony Hawk soundtrack. They added 40 new songs into that game, or 30 to 40 new songs. And you know what? Every one of those songs felt like they belonged. Yes. Which is pretty absolutely. friggin' incredible for them to pull that off. Um, yeah. But the 20 year old soundtrack, yeah, was yeah. it? Yeah. And those so new songs just sit in there seamlessly. Sometimes I had to check was this on the originals? Yeah, I did that too because I, I didn't play part one as much. So I'm like, is this a part one song? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh, shit, this is. Yeah, I'm like, it's, like, it's been a year. long time since I played part one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I know the part two one. So I'm like, oh, yeah, it's not a part yeah. two song. But I, yeah, yeah. Like you said, yeah, you just keep playing. Like, oh, yeah, it must be part one. Yeah, Tony Hawk, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I gave this one to uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Nice. Still, nice. the final. Okay, so let's talk about yep, this. Yep. The Final Fantasy VII right, soundtrack. Let's... It's still one of my most favorite soundtracks in gaming of all time. What they did in the remake is that they took a lot of those old familiar tunes, but then modernized them up. And that's why it gets it for me. Because those songs, that those tunes still made me feel. And it mm. just sounded so good. Like, oh man, it's just such amazing music in that game. And what they did with it and... And all that, uh, and how they just enhanced all that classic music. That was MIDI tracks back in the day. Now they're done by full orchestras, you know? Yeah, gorgeous. Um, and just the extra things that added into it. And, and you know, um, it was one of the few games I played off stream this year. And I played this on my telly at full volume with my subwoofer going. Because that is how much I loved the music in it. I never yeah. do that, ever. The neighbours must have hated me. For like a week. It was like that for eight hours a day because it was in the middle of COVID. Like eight hours a day, every day, Final Fantasy, soundtrack up high, whole place is shaking from the subwoofer, but I loved every minute of it. Nice. Worth it. So yeah, worth it. So worth it. So worth it. All right. Next up, we finally brought it back to sports racing category. Sometimes this one's a hey. bit thin. This year, I think it's uh, I think it's a bit better. I think it's actually our strongest sports racing lineup we've had in years now. So it's really exciting to see it back. I miss and we even missed one of the racing games. 
like that. I mean, we didn't play one. That was the um, the Need for Speed remake. Oh yeah, of course. And that could have been in the remake that as well. Could have, we that could have. Yeah. Like, no. Um, uh, sports racing. We've got Flight Sim, Dirt Five, Tony Hawk Pro Skater, Fall Guys. Yeah, Tony Hawk Pro Skater. So next. Yeah, Tony Hawk Pro Skater as well. But I missed the puzzle category as well because there's just never enough. Me too. Like we could put Spelunky 2 in there, but I don't want to. So let's move on. And maybe Bug Snacks, (laughs) but at at least it's better than Spelunky 2. But I I did want another reason. I want to give Tetris Effect something because the new connected game is so beautiful. (laughs) But I don't know where to put it. Maybe we'll put it in like... Best world to explore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Next up is best family game. So for best family games, this means like an all ages game category. Carl thought it was yes. games you play with everyone in your family. I was like, no, it means all ages. He's like, no, that's no, an all ages like a game. game. A family game is something you yeah. sit down with everyone and play. And I'm like, dude, yeah, Animal like Crossing. Or, or what was the other one? Bug Snacks. And he's like, no. And Paper Mario. He's like, no, those are single player games. Like, it's the best family yeah, game. I, I had, I had an all ages section. I thought family games were more like <laughs> Mario Kart. And, we, we had and a Mario big discussion Party on this today. And and snipper clips. Yeah. Things right. that things that you could play with your family that wasn't like Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, here we go. So best family games are nominations are Animal Crossing, Phoenix Rising. Crash 4, Fall Guys, Bug Snacks, and Paper Mario. I bet no one thought Bug Snacks would actually legitimately make it into a category, but here we are. You know, it could have even made it into the soundtrack category because it's very catchy. <laughs> um, and did we not put Super Mario 3D All-Stars in here? No, I took it out. Oh, nice. Uh, or Minecraft Dungeons, did you read that one out? Took it out. Wow, took it out. All right. I mean, I guess that's all fair because none of these should be wasting anyone's time. It was Animal Crossing this yeah, year. Yeah, Anim- long Animal Crossing by Flemington Strait. Like, that was an easy victory, I thought. Um, yeah. I-, I pumped 200 hours into that game. Like, I thought and that, that was that game... an amazing all-ages game. You know? Yes. Um, and I will. we will never know because we will never live in a world where that game didn't come out at the time that it came out. So we'll never know if it would have had the cultural impact that it did, but but it did. Yeah. So you can't change that. Yeah, yeah. The like, timing was incredible. Oh, man. Like, do you reckon the next Animal Crossing will have as big as the impact as this one did? Um, You know, if they do a, a sneaky pandemic um, release at the same time as well. Yeah. We, we, um, we, we should have done a g- category of best time to release a game. Oh, my God. Just, <laughs> no, best... It, it wasn't just great timing. It's that it happened to be a game about like going outside and yeah. just living the way that you want to live yeah. and growing vegetables and like just and socializing. And, and it was like friendly and loving and yeah. like, yeah, it was just the best time. You couldn't repeat that ever. And I will never know if Animal Crossing was like, was it this like sleeper takeaway hit? Because all the Animal, Animal Crossing games were like big. And popular. But they had a cult Never following. Like they had a cult following, you know, that were like yeah, but nothing, very hardcore not like about this it. Yeah. Was, yeah. So that's what I mean. I'll never know if this was just, is this when they finally become mainstream? Because I'd so say good. so. I'd say when we see the next Animal Crossing in like three or four years' time or whatever. Um, no, I mean, 
I know that now. What I'm saying is we'll never know. Oh, we'll yeah. need to be in a different world to know that if this was this good enough to just become mainstream. I think I think so. I think so because of how mainstream the switch has been, you know. And I suppose the switch does have a big point. Yeah, yeah. And we haven't really had that many huge Nintendo games come out for a while. It's the biggest one to come out since what was it, Link's Away or Pokemon the year before. So there yeah. was like a five month gap between big I Nintendo that's releases. Game that came out. Um, that's true. And, and they heavily marketed it too. Cause remember, I don't think I'd ever seen really any marketing of the older animal crossing games, but they put a lot of marketing into this. All their directs had stuff, you know, um, I, I, as you are right. We'll never know. Um, but wow. What a perfect time for a release at the beginning yeah. of a pandemic. We'll never know, but be that as it may, it had, it did happen. Yeah. And that game got the most of it. And like kudos yeah. to them for making something good out of a bad situation. Like Nintendo's gift to the world. It's like, shit, we're all in lockdown pandemic. Nintendo go, here's Animal Crossing. Everyone, everyone just Here's goes, a way to hang with your friends. Wow. Wow. Thanks. Nintendo. It actually started a switch shortage again. Yeah, it did. Which was it? insane. Which was insane. Like, we talk about the shortages of the PS5 and, and Series X, but there's only been a certain amount of those made. Switch has been in production for years now, yet we got another yeah. Switch shortage because of Animal Crossing. Everyone, man. Like, boys, girls, young, old, everyone was playing Animal Crossing. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. All right, let's keep moving. All right, so next one is the best world to explore. And the nominations to Best World to Explore are Ghost of Tsushima, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Watch Dogs Legion, Flight Sim, Immortal Phoenix, Rising. Rises? Phoenix Rising. Yes, uh, Genshin Impact. All right, Carl, what was your Best World to Explore? Mine was... Um... Again, Microsoft Flight Simulator, easy. Uh, I there was a you know, I I did a literal tour in that to all the islands that I was I grew up in Solomon Islands and Vanuatu, and we we went over to Savo and like all these places with us. And for the first time ever since I've ever done this, my dad was actively watching my stream. I'm not as lucky as you to have my dad watching the stream as often, but this is the one and only time ever that he jumped in. And he was so excited and my brothers were there and even my mum was watching at some of them because they were watching like these places in the Solomon Islands, which will never turn up in games. Mm -hmm. Just they will not. But there they were. And Nick, like Nick Minnett, Assassin's Creed, Solomon Islands. Solomon Islands. Yeah. Wow. With spears. <laughs> It'd be great. But yeah. And that was it was just so beautiful and so like wholesome and genuine to just go there and like you know not just that but i can go and see beautiful places that i've never been to and and go to like mount everest and what like this there's nothing quite like going to these places that are there that you've just never been to and see them in in the light and the beautiful like way that you can do it and it's it's hard to explain to people who haven't jumped in why it's not just google earth mm -hmm. you know like which it can feel like to a lot of people when you're actually flying a plane and it matters how it moves in the weather and you're there exploring it. Like every moment is, is just something really special. So yeah, Microsoft flight simulator for me. Nice. Mine was watchdogs Legion. And I, I went with watchdogs Legion because of my connection to London. Yeah. I oh, yeah, was so excited playing that game for the first time and exploring London. And I mean, down, and I spoke about this in the review down to the fact that I could guess or predict what was coming up and go, I know it's going to be down this road. It's going to be this and this and this. We drive down the street, 
So there it is. Okay, of course, it was a condensed London from the real thing and it's taken some things out. But the general layout was there. I felt like I was back in London and I knew my way around this game already. And it was freaking insane because I'd spent so much time there. Like, you know, we're never going to get like Watch Dogs Sydney or Watch Dogs Melbourne or Watch Dogs Brisbane or whatever, you know, like, or anything like that, that we will be driving around consistently known streets the closer we got was forza horizon 3 but those were tiny pieces of gold coast byron bay etc put together yes. and you couldn't really they get it cool it was cool but you couldn't get the feeling of that connectiveness of that area that you'd know if you lived in there you know while yeah this felt so much like i was there that i knew where i was going i'm like i can go left up here and it's going to be this train station here and there it was um Etc. Etc. So it was uh, it was an incredible experience, and I think it was a great world. Yeah. I thought they did a great, great representation of London in this game. Like we haven't really seen many representations of London in games for a few years. We saw it in Syndicate years ago, but that was that was what eighteen hundreds London or, or whatever. So or no, that was Industrial Revolution yeah. London. So um, you know. Uh, which is pretty cool still. Which was very they cool. The same skeleton or nah bigger. Um, similar, similar. That's something actually because, got to look up. Because I think Ubisoft does that a fair bit. They did it with Far Cry, remember? Yeah, yeah. Using that same skeleton. Yeah. Um, and they did, I guess we had Forza Horizon 4 as well, which was sort of... Yeah, again, that was part of of England, but they had bits of Edinburgh. Now, Edinburgh, I thought they did pretty good because I was like, oh, yeah, I can know what's going on here in Edinburgh. But, you know, like, I, I don't know. It's just not the same as walking around and, 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 and all that. Um, yeah. But, yes, okay. So, next next category is best new IP. So, this is best new um, fresh game. Yes. Okay. So, uh, the nominees for best new IP go to Fall Guys. Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Genshin Impact, Grounded, Ghost Runner, and Bug Snacks. Sorry, Spelunky wow. 2 is not in there because it's not a new IP. That's right, but it would be. It normally would be, right? Yeah. Uh, okay, so, best new IP. Um, well, it's not Grounded. So... This one, this one I, I struggled in a lot because it was between Hades and Ghost of Tsushima for me. Mm. And I had to give it to Hades because Hades did something that Ghost of Tsushima couldn't do. And Hades made me obsessed and in love with a genre that I just don't like. Mm. And Ghost of Tsushima is, is like an open world, beautiful photo mode samurai game. Like, I love that going in. I'm like, oh, this is going to be awesome. Hades, I went in and I was like, I guess I might as well try this. Yeah. But it's a roguelike, and I'm not a fan. Mm -hmm. See what happens. And it just, like, stole me away. It just, like, took my heart straight away. I was I was yep. totally in love with that. So it came out of nowhere. I didn't, yeah, have mm. to give hats off to Hades. Um, I went with Ghosts of Shima. Now, again, nice. so Sony has knocked us out of the park again. So yep. they've had Every Uncharted, time. God of War, Horizon, um... Last of Us, they've had Spider-Man, they've had all these big IPs, and we saw Ghost of Tsushima, and we're like, that looks cool, but is it going to be any good? And, oh boy, was it freaking excellent. Like, I thought it was yeah. great. Again, that goes straight up there with your Uncharted's and all that. It goes into that category. When we eventually see Ghost of Tsushima 2, people be hype instantly now. 
instant hype because yes. of how good this game was. So, yeah, yeah I'm going for that. Um, it was strong second mention to Hades. That's a cool new IP, but um, I just thought what Ghosts did, being able to elevate itself up next to those big Sony IPs that we all know and love. Um, mm, it, yes, after absolutely. one iteration, because God of War had been around for years, but it wasn't until the new one that it got elevated up to that level. You know? Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, like, yeah. The third one, but that's it. Yeah, even then, would you put it in the same sentence as Last of Us Part 1? You wouldn't. No, no, you wouldn't. But you could easily, easily um, put it into... Um, me, Bob. Uh, hey, we can Bruce the stream. Oh my god, it's up again. This well, must I've be, never even seen it. This once. must be your one. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. <laughs> oh gosh, just Twitch things, folks. All right, on to probably the strongest category next, apart from Game of the Year. We we're talking about this before, Carl and I off stream. Probably the strongest category we've had in a while. Wait for it. Best remake. And mm. the nominees for Best Remake are Resident Evil 3, Tony Hawk Pro Skater, Final Fantasy 7, Demon Souls, and Mafia. Nice. That's wow. a really good what list. What a friggin' juggernaut of titles in Best Remake. Like, really, yeah. you could almost throw them into Game of the Year contention. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you could. Um, so yeah. what was the best remake for you, Carl? Without a doubt, no thinking music. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 mm -hmm. was easily the best remake remaster. That game, well, that game came out much like Final Fantasy 7, but Tony Hawk 1 and 2 had this thing where it wasn't just the game. It was like, it was the youth. It was everyone. All of us were playing Tony Hawk for just so many years. And it, it changed, like, not just in gamer community, but in, like, Youth in general, like fashion and music and style, and everyone started skateboarding. Everyone was dressing a little bit different and started looking up things. And it made you like learn about these people in this sport that you didn't even care about. I knew all these names in the sport that I'd never even invested any time in. And like the cultural shift that happened when Tony Hawk 1 and 2 came out was just phenomenal. So to think that they could even come close to remaking and catching that magic again was just such a long shot. And the fact that they did it blew me away. So um, it was very close with that and uh, Final Fantasy VII. But I just have to say, because just recapturing that magic of the cultural shift. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Tony Hawk, Pro Skater 1 and 2. I, best remake, I went with Final Fantasy VII. Um, I yeah. think this was, as I said, it's an amazing ground-up remake. How they've expanded Midgar so much, side stories, etc., etc. While, you know, Tony Hawk is definitely right up there for me, but really it's a new coat of paint. It's exactly the same levels, designs, etc., etc. I'm talking about what they've done with Final Fantasy VII and, that, and how they expanded on what was already Final Fantasy VII is what, get, yeah. is what gets it over the line for me, um, over Tony Hawk. Yeah, pretty, see, pretty I, much. I don't. There's just an art to what they did because, like, a new coat of paint was that other Tony Hawk, mm. and it just wasn't right, you know. And this one, yeah. it doesn't feel like the originals because I played the originals back to back when it came out. I thought, oh, did they just, you know, redo it? And the old ones feel quite shitty to play now. Yeah. <laughs> so they had to change so much to make it feel like what you remember. It was that weird thing of like recreating nostalgia, but making it feel like what you think it is. And it's there's just this mental 
mm. thing they did that just brought me back to that time. So I was, which I'm sure Final Fantasy VII Remake would have done as well. So yeah, it was just, a, I don't think there's any wrong answers in this one. No, there isn't, except for Mafia. Um, and Spelunky too. Um, so the next one is best character. We, we normally call it coolest character, but that was a joke from last year where it was like Dante V and um, the other dude. I've forgotten his uh, name. And we had a Kratos year with um, Bayek and stuff as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, last year was a, a lot of dude bros. Yeah, uh, so we're going with best character this time because we've actually got a really broad range of characters in, in this category this year rather than everyone Ooh. from Devil May Cry 5, <laughs> which, yeah. was, which was last year's one. Um, yeah. So, oh, yeah, and the girl. Yeah, yeah. Uh, best character, we've got Cloud from Final Fantasy VII, Eivor from Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Tom Nook from Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing. Jin Sakai from Ghost of Tsushima. And Miles Morales from Spider-Man Miles Morales. So, Carl, who was, who was your best character this year? This year, to me, it was, it was quite close between Miles and Jin. Mm-hmm. But I had to go with Jin. Uh, similar reasons to why I went with Bayek like two years ago. It's just he, as a character, was just so badass. But his... his um, there's something pure and his moral compass was really awesome to experience and how he just like, you know, you could make some decisions, but mostly it was pre-written that Jin was a person that stood by honor. And there was so much honor in this. And that, that is just already to me, such a cool trait, especially yep. when it's so, so like, um, what was so culturally evident? Like it's such a big part of what makes them samurai. So, and he was like the symbol of that honor and seeing him juggle with the, uh, you know, having to be stealthy and what that meant. We've, you know, we've never really experienced in a game where you feel guilty when you first kill someone without them seeing. Yeah. Uh, and just the way he helps people and he helps that thief that helped him. And, and he's, he's a man about family and he's a man about like temples and he, he's a, a real um, empath, you know, like he feels for other people and he puts himself in that situation straight away, no questions up. Just Jin was just so badass and so cool and a good fella. Nice. Uh, I went with Tom Nook. <laughs> I'm nice. gonna get a lot. I'm gonna get a lot of hate for this. The um, yeah, we won't get hate. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh yes, yeah, so I can already see hate and jet coming. Um, Tom Nook gets it. The capitalist raccoon that starts an island paradise and charges you for everything while pretending to be your friend the entire time. He's the biggest asshole of the year, but still the best character in the way that he comes across at the same time. So he's. <laughs> Um, definitely uh, we, um, Isabel is up there as well. Spooky Peach, we love Isabel here as well. Tom Nook gets it just because you're with Tom for more of the game than Isabel. Um, <laughs> I quit. Oh my god. Um, but yes, yeah, so yeah, folks, uh, Tom Nook gets it. She's literally a bell, she is, but Tom Hook, Tom Hook, Tom Nook deals the bells out. Oh, poor Isabel. She's so cheery. And she is, she is a bell. Her head is like a bell and her name is a bell. She is a bell. You won't be and, able to, you no won't be able to sleep. Now you'll start thinking of that. Someone showed me that for the first time. I went to bed that night. I went, oh my God. Well, no wonder Tom Nook likes her so much. Oh my God. <laughs> um, so yes. Uh, next up, we've got best boss fight. So, the nominees for best boss... Did you fight any bosses in games this year, Kyle? 
Yeah, Rat King. Okay. All right. Best boss fight. Uh, I fought two bosses in Hades. True. Best boss fight. Uh, Rufus, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Rat King, The Last of Us Part Two, Hades in Hades. Tower Knight in Demon Souls. And Nemesis in Resident Evil 3. Right. Um, now, mine, I have to give an honorable mention because it uh, didn't actually come out this year. But um, mine was every boss in The Messenger and Slay the Spire. Mm-hmm. Um, those were all just the best boss fights. And I don't like boss fights, and I enjoyed all of those ones. But they weren't this year. So I went with The Rat King because it's the only boss I've fought. Yeah. Um, I'll give a quick shout-out to the Town Knight and Demon Souls. Just got my, my runners-up prize. I thought this boss fight was awesome. Um, seeing the pictures, it's this giant knight. like this. He stands many stories tall. He has a huge shield, etc. And you thought, right, it's going to be a very slow boss. Looking at the screenshot, when you run in, you'll just run around him, hit him behind, you know, and just goes like that. Well, I ran into this boss fight, and I'm like, ha And he starts shooting fucking lasers at me as well. Like magic as well. I'm like, what weakness do you have? And then he's got a bunch of archers up in the rafters shooting at you too. I'm like, what? Damn. So uh, just for the surprises, like you thought he'd be this big, yep. slow numbering knight. So he's like that, but he's got a few other tricks up his sleeve, which um, caught me out massively. Because it's like, oh, we'll just get out of range of him, heal up or whatever. No, he'll shoot his, light, his magic at you. Um, but um, I went with... Rufus from Final Fantasy VII Remake. I thought this was the best boss fight in the game. It's one that stuck with me all year. It's the one-on-one fight with Cloud versus Rufus on the top of Shinra HQ towards the end of the game. But it was such an awesome fight. I loved fighting him because it was just... Because everything else in the game had been like party fights and you got to switch around and all this. This is just like a pure one-on-one Cloud versus Rufus. And it just felt so damn good. And the music was hype at the time. There was some awesome... Um, story moments going on just before that. Everything about it was just so hype. It just felt like such an intense battle, and I absolutely love this battle. Um, that's why it gets my best boss fight of the year. Nice. I was actually a bit disappointed in Re- Nemesis in Resident Evil 3. I thought he'd be more of a badass than he was. Yeah, more like um, Mr. X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he I was, was a bit... Well, I reckon Nemesis awesome. probably would have... Like, if you had asked me at the end of the year, oh, who do you reckon would be the best boss fight, I would have said Nemesis. Because of how scary is the rocket launcher. It wasn't really that scary, honestly. But, you know, he's up there in the best boss fights of the year. But, yeah. Um, okay. Best experience. So, this actually should be down lower, I reckon. Best experience. Do you want to move best yeah. experience? Yeah, let's do yeah, it before I, the... Uh... Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll do it before biggest letdown. Um, yep. Okay, so next up, we've got the best ongoing game. And yes. the choices are Destiny, Final Fantasy XIV, Among Us, and World of Warcraft. We'll have to give it to Among Us. Really? Yeah, I think so. Oh. I mean, I want to give it to Destiny, but I... Oh. I tried and I tried and I tried and I uh, I couldn't get in there. I, I kind of want to give it to Final Fantasy fourteen. Do you for flying butt salad? No, because I loved the game. I finished Shadowbringers this year. It was friggin' incredible. Was that this year? No, it was last. Well, year. I mean, just but just they've, the they've, game had, they've had more itself. patches coming out this year. I found I'm gonna give I'm gonna give it to Final Fantasy fourteen because Shadowbringers was bloody amazing. 
Final Fantasy XIV is bloody amazing. It is, but Shadowbringers takes it to the next level. Like yeah, but that wasn't specifically this year, right? No, no, no. But they've now added two two patches on oh, no, right, right, this right, year yeah. onto the back. But um, I mean, like, yeah, like the game is still ongoing, and I pl- and I finished Shadowbringers this year. That's why it's going in there. That's for, true for me. And, and you did yeah play this year. Like, like yeah, it's, ba- it's ba- base Final Fantasy fourteen is good, but then Heaven Sword goes up many levels, which is excellent. Then once you hit Shadow, yeah. and then I feel like it dips a little Stormblood, but then. Um, excels right up past Heavensward for Shadowbringers. What they did with that was so damn good. And they're adding more content to it. That story is pretty much wrapped now and they're starting to lead into the next expansion, which we will see next year, which would be really exciting as well. So where they take that, which will be... They have nailed that Final Fantasy. That that MMO is just so awesome. Yeah, it's the only one that's really competing heavily with WoW at the moment. It really is, isn't it? Like yeah. others try and they just kind of drop off. Yeah. And Final Fantasy is just hanging in there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next up, we've got the best DLC slash add-on. We've got Ghost of Tsushima Legends, Fall Guys Season 2 and 3, Destiny 2 Beyond Light, and World of Warcraft Shadowlands. Nice. Well, this is an easy Legends for me, Ghost of Tsushima Legends. That game... Uh, that DLC, which was the whole DLC was adding multiplayer to this game. And it was just the way they did it. They dropped it as a surprise. Mm -hmm. They never even hinted at the fact that Ghost of Tsushima might have multiplayer. Mm -hmm. And not only that, it never felt like it was lacking without it. Mm -hmm. Never. You play that game as a single player experience. It's a beautiful experience. Done. You move on. You're not disappointed. You loved it. It was awesome. Then suddenly they're like, oh, we're also going to give you this multiplayer. And usually that feels tacked on when they do that to games that feel mm. single player like centric. But not only that, they said also it's completely free. And mm. it's this whole extra game outside of the world of Ghost of Tsushima. Because now you actually are playing. It's called Legends because you are, you are playing out the legends that they tell. So mm. Ghost of Tsushima, what they did in the story is there was a lot of fantastical legends that they tell. But everything in that game is sort of um, as historically accurate as they can sort of do it, you know with some little bits of mm. magic, but but more in magic is like nature and like birds telling you where to go and things happening like that, but nothing, no dragons and, you know, using magic fireballs or anything mm. like that. Mm. But then they'd tell stories and those stories were what you lived in through legends. They have all these like different little cooperative experiences. And that whole game was just brilliant. The survival modes, playing through the nine chapters of the legends and like leveling up and unlocking outfits. There's this whole thing that I just think it was really cool that they just um, under-promised and over-delivered, which rarely happens in games. Nice. I, I went with World of Warcraft Shadowlands because it's really the only one of those that I've mostly played through. Um, Fair. But even then, I thought Shadowlands was a pretty average expat compared to ones in the past. Didn't really grab oh. me. Played it for a day, yeah. and I was like, I'm going to move on to something else. Um, and now you're giving it best DLC of the year. Yeah, because I played more of it than Ghost of Tsushima, which I didn't really grab me either, personally. Um, yeah, damn. So, yeah, both of the, I don't know, for me, best DLC was a bit of a sour note for me. And next year, get oh. back to me when the Valhalla DLC comes out, and we'll talk again. Yep. Um, yeah. Okay, so we are going to do this topic before, but we decided to move it around. We've got, um, actually, no, we'll go big, Biggest Letdown first. Yeah, yeah no, let's do this one. Oh, well, oh, you want to go best experience? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Best experience. Right, so these are our most favorite experiences of the year in 
in gaming, right? So little things that happen in games and that, like, for example, flying through the waterfalls in Anthem a couple of years ago. How good was that? Oh, again? the waterfalls. Oh, my God. Oh. How good was the yeah. waterfalls? And no, Mine was the Astro Maze. <laughs> Astro Maze was amazing as oh, well. Oh, Astray my God. Maze. They fly oh, through wow. the waterfalls in Anthem. Okay, anyway. Yeah, the waterfalls. <laughs> oh, oh my god. It Anthem's makes me such a good game. Makes me smile every time. Okay, so uh, best experience. Um, oh, well, you you can't have this first one, Carl. Um, top 10 in the world, Tony Hawk Pro Skater score. Tetris. Oh, oh sorry, Tony Hawk. Okay. Um, sorry. Our Among Us multiplayer games. Uh, yes. Flight Sim. Flying over places that we know. So like Kyle flying over his island home, me flying over over Queensland, etc., where I couldn't go this year due to COVID, etc. So that was all pretty exciting stuff. And um for, first Fall Guys Crown. Did you get a crown as well? Yeah, I got I got four of them. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Nice. It was pimping, pimping and no, you didn't. Uh, three on PlayStation and oh, one on Oh, PC. yeah, you did too, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah nice. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so what was your best experience? Uh, well, mine has to be, like, that, that flight sim thing was absolutely magic with my family, but the Among Us thing, with our Twitch family and, and the crew, the, you know, the fam that, that just, that we've kind of met this year, that in itself has been this year's far and beyond the best experience in gaming for me easily I've, I've mentioned it many times in the podcast but um just hanging out with that twitch crew in itself was something i never expected when i came in here to do like you know live streaming i you don't i don't know if it's the same with everyone but i never thought to come in here and and like be part of a community that was quite like this one and that we've just all become such fast friends and something like among us was a game that just came out of nowhere and, and the way that it works and how you go in and you argue and you talk and you laugh and it's like having a little hangout get together party every time you play it's not just like who won mm -hmm. i came first i came second all right let's go again yep. you get to know each other yep. you know even though you're yelling and screaming it's like you're you're building relationships and making friends right as you play and the fact that they put that into the game with such minimal effort they just give you a menu screen and go all right fight someone's the imposter you guys sort it out you got two minutes hmm. and yeah just like doing so discovering among us at the same time as discovering twitch and that like community and then like the discord and all that and just everything mixing together has definitely been my best experience uh, this year nice mine was um and i surprised myself with this one getting a uh, a top 10 tony hawk in the world tony hawk fruit skater score <laughs> Yeah, I can see that. That makes a lot of sense, of course. On all levels being the school one, because the school one used to be one of my worst levels ever. I never used to be able to do anything good with it. And now I've got a top 10 in the world score, second best in Australia. Holy shit. And this isn't and like how we are joking around when the game came out the first day where I was getting top one and stuff because Australians only had the game, et cetera, and I jumped in early, you know, getting, like, yeah. top one big world champ. This is months after the game's been out, and I managed to get a top ten score. Yeah, that's incredible. So, like, that's, months and it's down not a trip. small, like... It's not a small score, either. It's a big you know, score. I was, I was going to say it's not like a cult classic game or, like, a little weird side thing. It's, like, a huge game that millions of people are playing. Yeah, yeah. So and, and it's not like... Oh, yeah, I got first in this yeah. thing that no one plays. But, yeah, second in the country, like, feels pretty good. Damn, that's 
that's pretty amazing. Second in the country. Yeah. Yeah. For, and for, for a level that I wasn't, you know, overly great at now that I've pushed myself to get that sort of scoring on it, I'm just like, wow, you know, it feels really, really nice. So yeah, um, I'm really happy with that, especially the months online. I remember posting when I, as a joke in forums, like oh, I'm number one in Tony Hawk, you know, and people giving me shit for the scores I had. But now they kind of can't do that because I've managed to bust top 10 on that and top 12 on, on Roswell all these months later. So, Damn, that's really cool. That is really cool. Yeah. That's, um, a, good, that's a good best Oh, and the, the best thing about it was it was after my hiatus. So I wasn't, I was in good form. I stopped playing. I had to get back in a good form. But then I excelled where I was at as a player again and pushed myself to the next level again. So, yeah, I think... Honorable mention goes to uh, when you and I learned how to play Tony Hawk Pro Skater properly for the first time in 20 years. Mm. When, um, what's, what's his name? I think he, we should give him a shout out. Something THPS. Andy. Um, Andy, THPS. We watched that video and he's like, oh yeah, here's how manualing and grinding works. And we're like, oh my fucking God. Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. And we're like, what? Has this been a thing well, since the original? It, it was thanks to Andy's video that I was able to do that score yeah and just like and actually better your style because you mm. you like went straight in and went all right i'm gonna just like take all of this on and concentrate on it and yeah. change how i play mm -hmm. like that i yeah. just mean like as a as an experience to a game we both thought like oh we understand and know this game yep got yeah. it and then you hear like that simple thing about the two grinds and the two manuals and you're like what yeah so simple yeah yeah so uh all right on to our next one, which is our biggest letdown of the year, right? Our biggest letdown of the year. I'm actually going to add an extra one here too. Oh, an extra one. Yeah. Uh, okay, biggest letdown. And the nominations are Avengers, console launch pre-order slash availability, console launch titles, Super Mario 3D All-Stars, COVID delays on video games. And the next one? What next one? Callan's green screen. Oh yeah, Callan's green screen. Callan's green screen. And Callan's green screen. Thank you, thank you. Yes, Callan's green screen. Okay, yeah. okay. What do you choose, Carl? <laughs> well, it's uh, it's almost your green screen. Now, Avengers. What a letdown that was. But it wasn't really a letdown because we didn't think it was gonna be awesome. Mm -hmm even at all so that's why that one gets a pass here because yeah it's just it was still that's a rubbish a shit game. game i but think that was my worst yeah. game this year honestly oh it was full shit but absolutely we knew it was gonna be absolutely woeful yeah absolutely right that was the metal gear survive of 2020 oh it was man, like, that, that game is absolutely shithouse it really is like i love the avengers yeah. i've watched all those movies i love the characters love the villains I could hardly play this game. I forced myself to play this game for 10 hours and I still hated it. I couldn't handle it. Yeah. And now this is coming from someone who played 40 hours of Fallout 76 on release. I can push myself through shit, but my God, that was hard to play. Damn. That's very true. But like, yeah, as we, as I was saying, we didn't think it was going to be good. If it turned out good, 
that would have been maybe a whole we would have had to make a section of biggest surprises well actually i was thinking of making a section of uh best game we played that didn't come out this year oh yeah (laughs) we need slay the spire we need the messenger yeah slay the spire would have smashed it for me Oh my god. I don't know. If, yeah, and I think Messenger would have done it for me. Oh, uh, but anyway. That's, that's um, a good yeah. mention. So what was your biggest letdown? Sorry. These were all pretty big letdowns. Uh, see, the console, they all have their little extra, like, console pre-order availability thing was pretty shit, but we, we got all our consoles, so we're very lucky. Mm. Uh, that was a big letdown in itself, though. Titles. I don't know. I think the COVID, like delays like you were talking about that's a bit bit of a letdown but there's so many games that every time something got delayed it was almost a relief yeah each time so it, normally i'd be so frustrated but when something got pushed back i was like oh thank god i've got like six games i'm playing right now um i think for me it really was super mario 3d all-stars because mm-hmm. i was hoping and waiting for like we've been waiting for years for a remake of super mario 64 it was mostly the 64 part of that the others were fine Mm. But Super Mario 64, especially when they teased us with that little taste of it in Odyssey. Mm. And you got to see what that might look like. And all we wanted was Super Mario 64 with the Odyssey engine and a better camera. I say all we wanted, but I'm not a game developer. That's probably like such a huge task, you know. That game was like a 10 out of 10 perfect game for years and and many people's favorite game. But they just re-released it. The camera still sucks. It's not even widescreen. Mm -hmm. They made it a bit sharper. And they went, there you go. That'll be, you know, 60 bucks, thanks. Oh, and you can only get it till March. Like, what? I don't know. That sucked. I'm not impressed. And I, I'm very easy to impress with, like, nostalgia and, and you know, Nintendo stuff, as yeah. you can tell with all this. But, yeah, that was yeah. it for me. Are you uh, still with us, Callan? I, I miss am, you. I am. I'm still here. I was listening to you talk about Mario. Um, Thank so, you, Callan. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know why you put Callan's green screen in there. I thought that was quite mean. Um, so mine... Look at the thing. Just move it. Leave it alone. <laughs> um, so mine was the pre-order debacle around the launch consoles. I thought... Actually, it was the whole mm. lead up to it. The price chicken war. Oh, we should have put price chicken in here. Price chicken was horrific. Price chicken was Yeah, disgusting. that was worse. And how they kept leaking little bits of info out but never giving us a date and we'll sit in here all you guys go and just give us a fucking date. Give us a date. You know, um, so whole build up to the launch and then the pre-orders, we were lucky that um, we got the PlayStations and you got the Series X. Um, but yes. my gosh, that whole build up was just a mess. Everything from price chicken into the uh, release date speculation into the pre-order debacle of of them going, oh, I'll be on next week pre-orders, and then suddenly, no, it's on that day, and then sites crashing. The whole thing was just an absolute joke. So, yeah, yeah, that's mine. Biggest letdown. It was just how both companies handled the new launch. It was pretty bad on both sides. No one one lost more than the other one, but they both were losers in my eyes in terms of just how it was handled, you know? Yeah. I'm surprised we didn't put price chicken in here. That's price that chicken. So price annoying. chicken was so annoying. What was, every... it? what was it? Late September? Was it late September? We found out something like that. It was like ridiculous. And then that that was like the bane of every every gaming outlet, like news outlet, podcast, 
content creator, everyone was just so not good. Not just us, but our listeners. Because everyone, all, all they were listening to was us speculate week mm -hmm. after week. I bet you it's this much. Mm -hmm. What if it's that much? Maybe it's this much. And then you can only, and they would drip feed you information. And then you talk about one thing, like or 3D audio all day. Or like, yep. it was, yeah, that's all. Um, all right, guys. We're about to roll into the big one. That's right. We're going to talk about the game of the year, which we thought would be the biggest uh, game of the year, uh, which we thought was our most favorite game of the year. So My God. the nominations for game of the year are Tony Hawk Pro Skater, Roll Clip. We don't have any clips to roll. We're sorry. The Last of Us Part Two. I'll kill them all. <laughs> I'll kill them all. Final Fantasy Seven Remake. <laughs> Cloud jumping off the train. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, that, we should use that noise for our game train noise. This episode. Hades. Um. Um. Yep. Slice. Slice. Slice, slice, magic. Uh, flight simulator. <laughs> Is that a bear? No, that's a plane. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, Animal Crossing. Give me all your bells. Um, and Is that a cop? Uh, that was Tom Nook. Um, and oh. Assassin's Creed. Give me your bells. <laughs> Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Clink, clink, clink. Vikings for Valhalla. <laughs> Vikings. Oh, nice. Thank you. I yeah, like yeah I thought that was great That's sound fun. effects. I think everyone's going to love that. It was... Oh, I... shit. I, I left I'm one sure. off. Spelunky what? 2. It? Spelunky 2. Wow, you spelt Crash Bandicoot 4 wrong. <laughs> All right, Carl. What was your game of the year? Fuck, man. This is, a, this is really weird. Because we joked about this at the start of the year. And it was just kind of like tongue in cheek. And I didn't, I was like, oh, that'd be, that's funny. Haha. -ha. But, you know, there'll be a real one later. But my game of the year is definitely Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I had so much fun in that game. And I, I just, it, it just, what they did for that was so beautiful. And I, I, it's so weird giving it to a remake. Mm hmm um and i want to like reiterate that um as a lot of people in the chat know and as you know i didn't finish a lot of these games so i haven't finished assassin's creed valhalla or final fantasy um or hades mm. and then so i don't have as much i can so those possibly could have been i have a very strong feeling that assassin's creed valhalla could do that but very much like um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey that, that game became one of the strongest games of the year that i finished it in um, and it took me 260 hours. Mm. And so I played it over like years, mm. really slowly on and off, which is what probably will happen with Valhalla. Mm -hmm. So sadly it misses out because of that. But Tony Hawk, it just, it took me back in a way that a remake doesn't normally do for me. Um, and not just back, but it, it took me like right here. I had fun right now with like new players and jumping on and, and like, hanging out with you in there, staying up late and playing it at home and unlocking stuff. And it just, and it felt so awesome. Yeah. I really love Tony Hawk Pro Skater and I'm so happy it exists always now that we live in a world where that is here to play. Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of hunting for the originals 
and a PS1 just so I can play the old ones. That's mm -hmm. how badly I love those games. So, yes. Yeah, I forgot to put Ghost of Shima on the list. Hades will do that, says C. Smitty. Honorable mention to oh. uh, Ghost of Shima, which I forgot to put on the list because it's definitely deserves, Ghost of Tsushima it deserves, keeps getting left it, out. It deserves it to be really in the conversation. The it, it deserves to be in the conversation, so we'll add that in. But it's actually not my game of the year. Um, Ghost of um, Game Train. Yeah. Um, so my game of the year. Is it Final Fantasy VII Remake? Why, why do you do this to me? Why can't I'm you just... let me have my moment in the sun? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just guessing. So All your moments are in the sun. So, You're beautiful. So, you know, people will be like, wow, Tony Hawk should be um, your game of the year, account because you're an ex-world champion of the game and you're currently top 10 in the world and second in Australia. I know. I know all this. But I'll tell you what, as a title wins, which is the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, that's oh, my game of the year. Oh. It, it wins because they are both remakes, but what... As I mentioned earlier, what they did with the world and what they expanded on the original world and the lore of the game, and then changed things up at the end. The battle system was amazing. The voice acting was fantastic. Um, it looked great. It played great. The music was incredible. And it only just beats Tony Hawk, just, because Tony Hawk's taken a lot of my time this year. I love that game. The absolute bits. I am. Um, any other year... Final Fantasy 7 remakes on there, like Final Fantasy 16 was in there. Tony Hawk probably beats that, you know, etc. But Final mm. Fantasy just gets it for this these reasons this year. Because, again, you know, we talk about that nostalgia feeling, brought the feelings of nostalgia back, but also the feelings of brand new. It felt like I was playing a brand new game that just felt so familiar at the same time for so many different things. It felt new but old at the same time, and it, it brought up all these old emotions from the past, and it's just an amazing, amazing game um, of what they did at Square, and I can't wait until they release part two of this. I can't wait to see where they take the story next, because they, they've gone off the left bend right at the end. Like, they've taken a full left turn at the end of the game, and it, they've opened it right up to so many possibilities now. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see what happens next. Um, What's interesting to me is when it'll happen next. Uh, two I to three years. Two to three years. I hope so. Look, I hope oh, so, I, th I, us fake dates I think we're so going to see a rotation from Square. We'll see next year. We'll see Final Fantasy um, fourteen expansion, right? Yep. Then the year after, we'll see Final Fantasy sixteen. 16. Then the year after, Final Fantasy Remake Part 2. So it's like a, a cycle that they cycle through their Final Fantasies. That way, Final Fantasy right. is always fresh in your mind. You get a release each year. So then it, the cycle then starts again after that. We get another expansion for Final Fantasy 14. We get maybe right. maybe like a, a Final Fantasy 16 Lightning Returns style game, you know, like they did with yep. 13 and 10. Um, yeah, and then we get another Final Fantasy VII Part Three remake, you know, like this. But that's me yeah. speculating. But it makes kind of sense from a publishing point of view at Square, rather than dropping two in the same. If we had gotten seven remake and a Final Fantasy fourteen expansion this year, I think it would have been too much. Too much Final yeah. Fantasy. Well, next year now we're all we're at the stage now we're like, right, let's get a new Final Fantasy from Square and you know, a new expansion. But anyway. That is my game of the year. So my game of the year was Final Fantasy VII Remake. Carl's was Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Right, guys, we're moving on wow. to that Remake. part of the episode there. Thank you guys for being so patient in chat there. 
as we do this live on Twitch. Now is the time for you guys to drop into the chat your lame love and hype trains for 2020. And the hype train being something in 21, etc. But um, before we get to that, Carl and I are just going to explain where you can find us. Uh, as always, uh, Game Train is on the Twitch now. Twitch.tv slash Game Train Twitch. Uh, fa- uh, Facebook, Facebook.com slash Game Train Podcast. Um, Twitter at Game Train Talk. Instagram at Game Train Podcast. Carl, where can, pe- where can people find you? You can find me on uh, on Twitch at the underscore lyrical. So I'll uh, be doing all my streaming, live music, and so on and so forth. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at just at the lyrical, mm-hmm. um, and you can find me on everything else at just thelyrical.com. Very, very nice. All right, chatters, drop in your lame love hypes into the chat. We'll read them out. Um, we can't wait around for too long, obviously, as we'll be here all night, and then it won't give anyone anything to listen to on the podcast either. So if someone wants to kick off, we can start discussions up. Here we go. We got one from a Spooky Peach. Spooky Peach says, Lame Train. Callan claiming the capitalist pig Tom Nook is best character of the year. Rude. Don't snub Isabel. But for real though, Assassin's Creed New Horizons had only 10 days of cherry blossoms. Assassin's Creed New Horizons? Oh my no, God. No, um, you know I what? Uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons. <laughs> 10 days of cherry blossoms. And despite grinding harder than I ever had, I only got three recipes and couldn't make my entire island cherry blossom themed. Tears were shed because I refused to time tra- travel. Love train. Nice. The rise in popularity. Wait, wait, wait. wait. We should read that when it's um, love train time, shouldn't we? No, no, no. We're going through each person's together. Oh, nice. All right, let's yeah, do it. Yeah, it just makes it easier. Uh, Love Train, the rise in popularity of games that allowed me to bond with my friends at a time where both the pandemic and my own anxiety hindered me from being able to bond with them. So Among Us and Assassin's Creed New Horizons. Fuck, I did it again. Nice. Animal Crossing New Horizons. Horizons. I can't wait for Assassin's Creed New Horizons. That's when oh you're going God, out to so like good. kill Tom Nook. Um, Wasn't that Assassin's Creed 3? Finding the new world. <laughs> yeah. Hype Train, Unpacking, which is due for uh, release in 2021, is a Zen mix of item Tetris and home decoration. PAX 2020 Ooh, allows us a brief sample of the game, and it was very relaxing. Thank you very much for Spooky Peach. Davpool, yes, I was very disappointed that River Red Remastered in Technicolor Sand was not nominated in category. Yeah, I guess so. Um... Callan could have played River Raid. I could have if I had a bought COD, but, you know, I might ask for it There's for a, Christmas. There was a new River might, Raid. might ask for it for Christmas. Uh, nah, he might get it for himself. Uh, Go Kamikaze. Love. I love being able to connect and keep in touch with my friends with a whole range of online games, especially through Among Us and the Jackbox Party Packs in a time that's been Ooh, extremely yeah. isolating and tough on my mental health. I've also managed to run a successful D&D campaign while learning online tools on the fly has been challenging because I rely on audio and visual storytelling, music, maps, drawings, body language, and expressions, but it went really well. Nice. Ga- game Burnout. When I was a kid, I played the original Animal Crossing on the GameCube every single day. I nearly wore out Wild World and New Leaf on my DS doing the same thing. When I heard a new one was coming out for Switch, we brought one in April explicitly for the purpose of playing New Horizon from day one, and we did play it every day for a few months. Quickly, it started to feel like there was something missing. Like the magic was gone, it was a sucky feeling. 
Damn. Oh, so that was lame train, mm. of course. Hype train. Damn. I've been following the new Euro Truck Simulator 2 expansion for a while now. And despite some setbacks, it's due to be released early next year. And adds the Iberian Peninsula, Spain, Portugal. Or Iberian Pen- Peninsula, yep. Which I've visited in real life and I'm super stoked to see again in game. Tangentially related to gaming, although tabletop related, the Critical Role animated series is due to be released mid to late next year. I backed the Kickstarter and have been keeping up with the development. I'm excited. Thank you for that, Go Kamikaze. Nice. I loved how detailed you guys' lame love and heart transfer were. That, yeah, these are really good. That is these amazing. Really, really good. You can read the next one because I'm running out of um, <laughs> I'm, I'm running out of voice here. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. We got a voice here. Have we got any more lame love and hypes there in chat, folks? <clears throat> Go Kamikaze said a written moment as a character limit. That's fair. Oh, nice. Uh, it's good. That's a perfect character No, limit, that is perfectly fine, Spooky Peach. And for those listening to this later, we are doing this live on Twitch. That's why we are talking to people. As we go on, we didn't ask for pre-made-up lame love and hypes this year. We've asked them for it on the run as we go. Um, yep, yep. Whether it was the best idea to do it that way, I'm actually not entirely sure yet. We went a little hard. Yes, Boogie. It was great. It's perfect. It's perfect. But you've, you've scared off everyone else because they saw your work and went, nah, I can't write an essay. That's too good. Is- but guys, seriously, if you just have like one word yeah. or like... You know, you just want to write like Avengers or something or like Love Train, Callan, you know? Yeah. Uh, but all right, we should uh, we should go through ours, but still let them send through. So if anything comes through, we can uh, interrupt as we go. I don't want to interrupt ours. <laughs> oh, well, we can chill. No, nah, no. Nah, we we'll just chill right here. All good. All good. All good. Uh, we did, oh, yep. sorry, we didn't, no, didn't scare anyone at all. Oh, Schmitty, <sighs> lame, games being delayed, also games being broken on launch. That is a great lame train. Yes. That makes so that much is... sense as well. Yep. Delayed, games that are delayed and are still broken on release is super lame. Yeah, like just that, double lame. That game that we're not going to mention in our Game of the Year episode, because it's nothing no. to do with this year, so... Yeah, we know the one. You're I know. About. We know the one you're talking about. We know the one you're talking about. Yeah. And well, see that one. I feel like, as a lame train, kind of makes sense because it, it's, it is 2020. It, yeah. Oh yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah. Not as a game. Yeah. 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 So. Hundred percent. Because I definitely have thoughts. That. Oh yeah, I've got strong thoughts, which will be on our next episode. On, on that one, <laughs> got strong thoughts indeed. On that, it's gonna be that's gonna be a very interesting discussion, actually. I think mm. about different things and all that. All right, shall we move on to our own, Carl? I believe we should. Oh, here we go, Paulie Kwan. Lame eBay scape scalpers. Nice, very mm, good, good Paulie Kwan. Those eBay good scalpers one. were horrible. Um, cash converters are now selling them for twice the price. Cash converters. Cash I don't, converters. I don't think that was legal. I didn't think that was legal for oh. cash converters to sell for double the price oh. of the item. Yeah, because it's a secondhand item. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's insane. It's absolutely insane. It's, it's, it's actually getting ridiculous now. See, Schmitty, love next-gen season. Yep. 
next gen season was good fun the hype it is everyone forgot about covid and all that for a little bit and we all got very excited with things you know it's sad that it was covered with lame you know because of people not being able to order and mm. receive their so it feels like the ones who received consoles feel like this elite group of people that are like yeah you the funniest thing happened like while i was christmas shopping this year i walked into all these like gaming places or jb hi-fi and the ps5 and the xbox series x game sections are like so big and it made me just wonder like who are you selling these to no one oh has my these God. could you imagine the amount of mums that would walk in there and be like oh Bro, yeah so i want to get a playstation 5 for jimmy oh no they're all sold out what do you mean they're all sold out they're all sold out where can i get one where's the nearest store all the stores are sold out fine i'll go to your competitor they're sold out too could you imagine the retail people every day Every day that would be happening now, I reckon. They just need a sign at all of them that says, please, there's just no PS5s. But they're, they're full on the shelves of the games. So people are just going to walk in like grandmas are like, oh, yes, Timmy likes Spider-Man. I'll get him this PS5 Spider-Man game. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just feel no, sorry grandma. for the people that end up with Xbox Ones when they're supposed to be thinking of getting the Xbox Series. Chad Hype. Polished games being released next year, hopefully. Yeah, that's very true. Dev Paul, Lame Train, Callan smoking off about being an X World Champion. Oh, yeah, good one. Very good one, Dev Paul. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Polished games being released next year. I agree, Smitty, on that one. Hopefully, hope with so. everything that everyone's gone through this year and they've seen just the, the throwback at developers when they delay, 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 and then something's not po polished. It's uh, it's big, it's big. Well, you've always sort of mentioned that in um, previous years, Callan, about how the community is like dangerous in that way, where they'll just whinge until it changes. Like, as a nerd community, we changed what Sonic looked like. Yeah, just by saying it, <laughs> you know, like going, no, wrong, do it again. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it's funny because it's like. We're an entitled bunch of wankers, but when we come together, we really force the narrative. Oh, yeah. Whether we're right or wrong, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a force to be reckoned with. So yeah. it's scary. And I'd, I'd hate to be a developer yeah. at this time. Oh, yeah. Where there is like this community of the internet and, you know, like just the masses coming together. If you don't impress people or you do something a bit wrong, yeah. oh boy. You yeah. All right, guys, we're going to roll into our own lame love and hype trains now. Thanks for everyone for their entries there. We're going to do our own. Are you ready for this, Carl? You ready so for ready. it? Ready for the lame train? Here it comes. Okay, Carl, what was your 2020 lame train? <sighs> My lame train is that I feel like the wait for cyberpunk is still coming wow yeah you went i thought it would you be went, done you went you went and mentioned the name didn't you we've got our we've got our episode on that game on on monday we do we certainly do but yeah for me the thing the reason i mention it now is because i've been telling my peers my friends my family that more than more than the new generation of consoles i've been hyped for cyberpunk Mm -hmm. more than I have been. And now I still feel like I'm waiting for it. So, and you, cha like it and you changed gigs around and the game got delayed and you changed yeah. gigs around again. You said, people, I'm not seeing any of you this weekend and the game got delayed again. 
and again all that yeah, yeah. I don't even want to talk about that. Oh, we, really, we're going to have such a fun to... discussion on Monday about this game. Yeah, I'll get more into it when we do the actual yeah. Um, yeah. thing. But yeah. the reason I'm mentioning it now, because it's not part of the um, game of the year discussion, and because I didn't get time to play it, because I had to go on freaking tour for four days mm -hmm. at launch. And then another thing, we didn't get one early, but neither did anyone else in the world, and people are upset about on it. On console. On console, yeah, yeah, we'll get into that later. But there's yep. like really creepy, sus reasons, yes, that no one that, got. That, it that's for our Monday discussion on Cyberpunk. All right, uh, yes, my lame train is the COVID effect on the gaming industry. Coming into yeah, this absolutely. year before COVID happened, I thought we we're gonna get, and and it was a distinct possibility that we're gonna get, okay, and a bunch of these that come out. We're gonna get Final Fantasy VII remake that came out. Last of Us Part 2 remake that came out. Cyberpunk that came out just, but it's not in our Game of the Year conversation. Thought we're going to get Zelda mm. Breath of the Wild 2. I really did. Mm. I, I would have put money on that coming out this year. Didn't come out. Yeah. Um, Elden Ring. Again, another one I thought we'd get this year. Nah, probably next year as well. It could have been the greatest Game of the Year battle ever. If everything had to come out nice and polished as well. All this year. Because, mm. but... And then we had the console shortage as well because of COVID. Like, um, and a lot of stuff's been pushed back. We're still going to feel these effects probably until the end of next year in the gaming industry because everything's been pushed back. So let's say Zelda gets oh, yeah. pushed back. That means Nintendo's next big title after Zelda is pushed back because of their marketing cycle. So it's going to have this flow-on effect for another good 12 to 18 months, I reckon, in terms of oh, what more, we're seeing just because of how yeah. everything had to shut down. Now, if everything had to shut down again, I think now they know how to work it, so it would be a lot more smooth. But no one's gone through that before in, in the modern age with everything no. shutting down like that. Um, so it was interesting to see how everything happened. And then we got one major Nintendo release this year. One, Animal Crossing. Uh, I don't count the Mario pack as a major release. It's, that's just a remaster. But, I mean, mm. a big Nintendo hitter was Animal Crossing, even though it was fantastic. Um, so we got, but that's how much COVID affected things. So I think we we're originally supposed to see Breath of the Wild 2 around November, but of course, COVID come through, hit everything back about six months. So we're looking at probably May next year for Breath of the Wild 2, I reckon. Yeah, if that also, well, I'll mention it later, but yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's, but um, um, yeah, that was uh, the COVID effect on the gaming industry really hurt throughout the end. It's a ripple effect that we'll feel for quite a while to come. Yeah, that did suck. All right, are you ready for Love Train? So ready. Okay, here we go. Love Train time. Okay, Carl, what did you love this year? Twitch community. Oh, I keep very, saying it. Yep, very nice. Yep. I think, I think you it went just, into detail yeah. last time, but yeah, I thought that was going to be your one. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, it's, if it's for the whole year, it's definitely that. Like, mm -hmm. you and I have just both felt it. And like, like I was saying about the timing... Of you, this one is not like something that happened and got created and released just in time for COVID. This has been around for ages, and we've been in and out of Twitch for years. But mm -hmm. this year, in the right time, and you know, being stuck at home, especially for you, being like a lot more stuck than, than the rest of us or some of us, the yep. Twitch community just it shone through. Really, yep. and I don't, you know, I've said already so much about it, but yeah, definitely that one stands out for me as my yeah. thing I really loved this year. Yeah, they helped me get through this year. Um, I streamed every day since about June, 
every day. Yeah, like, you did. Every day I came on here, and some days there was no one. No one. And just it's, empty chat. It's not even... I did 12-hour streams. Um, I did 12-hour streams of empty chats. And now that it's growing and the people are constantly there, it's great. It's such a breath of fresh yeah. air, you know? Like and I just mean, like, um, it's not just for me or for us. I mean, the Twitch community that we're in is watching them be a community. Like, we're seeing friendships happen and people coming out of their shells in ways that I never expected when we first spoke to them or met them. We're seeing people streaming mm -hmm. and we're seeing like we're supporting them and hope, hopefully helping them figure out how to do that. But then we're seeing them then take that and show their friends and other people do it. And, mm -hmm. you know, we see things like meeting someone who is like studying to be in the a medical um, industry, nurses and things, meeting like a nurse and they're becoming two good friends. There's an age difference. There's an educational difference. And there's like, how do you even make that shit up? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then there's, there's people that can help each other in ways outside of gaming. And I have to do shout out to the pink ladies and to, uh, to, to all of them there. And specifically to, to Ash, Claire, and to Lucy Meg. Like those two. And that's what, that's what I saw outside of us. You, you see these two that can help each other as, as friends that I don't know if they would have crossed paths, but. It's just so exciting to see it from a distance and go, you guys can really help each other in, in just like in conversation and in teaching things that and learning things from each other that you can't do in, in a normal situation. Like this is so cool. It's outside of our hands and we just got to sit back and watch it happen because of the Twitch community and, and streaming and just being part of this world. So it's pretty magic. Yeah. What's your love? Thanks. Uh, so I could have done it. I could have done the same. I went for a different one. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, I love my green screen. Yeah, it's no. beautiful. It's um. <laughs> no, no, it's I, like the hills, the rolling hills. No, I like my green screen, by the way. No, um, mine is again. I got to be part of three generosities this year. Yeah, right. Nice. So we we spoke a nice. lot about last year generosity, the charities that Carl and I are a part of, right? Um, yeah. And um, where, you know, we raise money just doing dumb shit online and we've raised um, over $100,000 for different charities along the way. Well, this year, it start, at the start of the year, we had the big bushfires across Melbourne, Sydney, etc. right? And um, I was going to go up to Sydney and help with the Sydney one. Um, but they said, they said, Callan, organize, help organize the Melbourne one. So I went out with a couple other peeps, organized the Melbourne generosity. The first... Time of Generosities had two Generosities in one weekend in different states, which was insane. So we organized yeah. the Generosity down here. Then I went up to Sydney to help work on the rest of it over the rest of the weekend, uh, where we ended up raising $70,000 for the bushfires. That was huge. Two Generosities, one weekend. Crazy shit. Then yeah, that's nuts. In the middle of the year, we had Generosity online because it was, again, tied up with PAX, the affiliation with PAX. Um, raising money for cure cancer and it was all online so it was a different style of generosity again that we had to you know that we worked with um and doing it over many days over five days it was uh carl and i helped out a bunch of that but again because of the people there and all that was so great it, it, it the time just flew it was a lot of fun we did a lot of work again like i was i was wrecked after the melbourne slash sydney ones i was destroyed for like weeks afterwards um and then COVID hit. I was like, oh, cool. I recovered. I'm ready to go out again now. COVID's here. Cool. Um, but, um, and then, you know, the, the one in the middle of the year was exhausting again because we were all up at stupid hours, but it was so much fun. Oh, and again, yeah. we, we raised 25, what was it? 25,000 plus 
for, yep, for, for cure cancer. Like, I raised a grand my own because I shaved my head. Yeah. You know, like that, that, that last that, one that like, you know, to, that, that was, that was insane. But, um, you know, we've got more generosity plans in the works for next year, but I just love being a part of it. It's so much fun. And I was a part of technically three generosities this year. So within 12 months, if you include the PAX one from last year, I was involved four and 12, which, oh my which goodness. is yeah, four, crazy. Within a year. Yeah, within a year. Within a year, four generosities. So that's like almost 20 days of generosity. <laughs> and it's it's double the amount of generosities that yeah. are supposed to happen in a year. And yeah. You could have been in one more mini one. Oh, the Ryan one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Ryan can't get honorary. Ryan can't get enough of it that he feels like he has to put on his own show. Absolute psychopath. But yes, uh, that was my love train. Of course, the Twitch community is right up there. I just didn't want to double up on what Carl said, so I went with the. It um, it was almost worth a double up, but oh look, I went with the. um, I went with helping the uh, the communities with the generosity. But it was cool putting on my own down here in Melbourne too. Yeah, I can't, that I, I can't awesome. believe I got trusted with that shit. Like, there you go, go do the thing. Yeah, and then uh, massive, um, and any who helped me set it up, we're both like, the fuck are we gonna do? <laughs> yep. The whole time so leading good. up to it, we're like, I don't know what we're doing. We somehow got a generosity off the ground, and it was a success. So that there we go. That sounds to me like the perfect generosity formula. Exactly. It always happens that way. We always want to be organized, but it always falls apart. It's so great. Yeah. It always sounds like, what the fuck are we going to do? How are we going to do this? Yeah. Oh, it worked. Uh, all right. Here we, we go, guys. Here is our hype trains. Carl, what are you hyped for? What are you hyped for? So this is going to be weird because we're doing a hype train on Monday, but this is your general, at the end of the year, what are you excited for? But we're going to do another one on Monday. So it's kind of a bit Mm -hmm. weird because we normally finish the year with this episode and it's a great lead into next year, but we're not because we've got an extra episode because we switched the episodes. But it's all good. Cyberpunk. Uh, F me. Yeah. So what, uh, what are you hyped for? We'll say this is the big hype one, like the big major hype. What are you majorly hyped for? Soulstorm. Yep, there it is. I there thought we'd is. see that this year too. Me too. That's what I was going to say. I was going to add it before. I was like, oh, I'll say it later. But Soulstorm, I for sure thought we were going to see this year. And that's yep. Oddworld, the yep. Abe's Odyssey game. Yeah. Um, and it's the continuation as it was supposed to be by uh, Lorne Lanning, the creator of Oddworld. This is the next tale in the story after Abe's Odyssey, mm-hmm. how he saw it. This is kind of his, um, it's going to be sort of a retelling of what Abe's Exodus was, and See, then he's going to continue on. I loved Exodus. it's meant to be a quintology. I did. I, I really loved Exodus as well. Mm-hmm. But um, this is the story that he tried to tell all those years ago. He always envisioned it as a quintology. Mm. He originally wanted it to be um, five movies, but yeah. I think his partner movies. at the time. Yeah, his partner convinced him to make them games. Oh. So he, he took that odd world design and all that crazy like creature design and the mm. weird world that he made and made it into a side-scrolling game. And then he tried all these weird and wonderful other things to build the but whatever. All he ever wanted was this side-scrolling awesome story. Like once he converted it, him and his partner converted it into games, mm. they wanted this quintology, which I thought one day we'd see part three, but nope, they're starting again. This yeah. is... They did part one with new and tasty, and finally Soulstorm's coming. I hope that's what I'm hyped for. What nice. about you, good sir? Nice. I am excited to see the next gen titles or now current gen 
you know, new gen titles of next year, what we start to see. Do we see God of War, the next God of War come out next year, PlayStation 5 exclusive? And what will that do for next gen games? Because really, we haven't seen anything that new gen, next gen yet, you know? No. We haven't seen anything like that. I'm, I'm very excited to see what we see, what's revealed next year. Um, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I'm, I'm expecting updates, probably not a release, but updates on Senua Saga, et cetera, like that, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so we won't see that until after Unreal Engine 5's release, which is next year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what we what we see next year in terms of the, the new gen games, where they're going with it, um, et cetera, et cetera. And please, Xbox, please come out with some heavy friggin' hitters. We want to see some heavy hitters from Xbox. Well, there is there's Flight Simulator coming next year, which I think is going to be one of the biggest sort of um, next-gen showcase games. Yeah. At least. For a console. Oh, yeah, but it's, but, like, it's, know, like, Forza, it's like Forza, though. Like It's like, comes out, looks great. It's great for showcase, but, yeah. but it's not going to take people away from Sony. No, it's not. Well, so, only flight enthusiasts, yeah, and that's it. Yeah, and th- those flight enthusiasts probably already have it on PC anyway. That's true. Mm. Wow. That's very true. All right, guys, that was um, this is the episode coming to the end now. That was our game of the year for 2020. It's our fourth that game of the, the year episode we've done now. Guys, 2021, oh God, really? 2021 for the podcast is going to be big. We're actually going to try and do flashy effects on our Twitch channel. Like, which we've yes. been planning to do for a long time because at the moment it's getting very stale as we go with these effects and stuff. Uh, we're going to be doing that. We're going to have the 100th episode coming up in February. That's right. Episode 100 is going to be in February and we've got some very big plans behind that. We never do podcasts together. We'll be getting together to do that one. So that will be an extra super hype moment for all of us. Um and all of yeah. that but yeah um guys you know that um, was hmm? that's probably something that was quite funny was um when covid happened and everyone was figuring out how to do this we'd be doing it the whole time yeah the mm-hmm. separate podcast and recording it in yeah yeah and people like oh, what do i do i can't go see my co-host and we're like, they're like ah, we only ever record in the same time. room we freak out if we're in the same room we get really worried yeah. we worried that we're, we're like, gonna get double voiceover on the microphone or someone's gonna be off mic we, we have yeah. so many issues with that um yeah separate room is the way man yeah maybe yeah. we just like lock ourselves up in two different rooms mm-hmm. that's right but guys uh anything else you want to say before we wrap the episode Carl? no that's uh that'll be it all right and this has been game train 2020 game of the year oh.